Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Bible. I normally uh, look at my phone at church, but I thought it might make me look a little holy. So just so you know, I have a Bible. It's right here. You guys gives me more authority. All weekend long, I've had this song going through my head. Um, some of you old timers might know it. It's uh, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Super simple, and because it's been going on in my head all week, I need a release. And I think we all need to sing it together. Because as we know, yes I do. I'm gonna do it here in just a second. That's right, that's right. As we know, God is about to do some amazing things all across the world. I believe this year is a year of the miraculous, and I think if we're expecting anything less, we're, we're uh, shortchanging what God has for us in this year. And I believe one of the things he's doing is he's making all the enemies of God scatter. So let's sing this, right? Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God, let God arise. Woo! All right, Lord, do it. Amen. Cool. All right, got that foolishness out of the way. Now we can just talk. So we had this weekend, we had our leadership team weekend, and uh, it was a great time. The Lord really spoke through a lot of people. Um, and then yesterday, Joel, uh, well, Joel's not here today, is he? He went to Texas. But Joel fed us some amazing food. Oh, my gosh. So tell me about it. That was inspiring. Um, but uh, so Joel came, and he cooked for us. It was just pretty cool. It reminded me of a story. This guy called up his, his mom, and he said, Mom, I found the woman of my dreams. And she's like, oh, cool. And he's like, what should I do? And she's like, well, send her flowers and ask her to come over for a home-cooked meal. And he's like, okay, I'll do that. So he does that. And uh, the day after the big day, you know, his mom calls him up and says, hey, how'd it go? And he said, terrible. It was horrible. What horrible advice you gave me. She's like, what happened? Well, she came over and she didn't even cook for me. All right. That's nothing to do with the message, but it's all good. So this scripture's been going through my head. It's Philippians 2. It's the scripture we might be um, familiar with. It's the one that says uh, uh, we kind of we shine like stars in the sky in a, in a wicked generation. And uh, that scripture's been going through my mind. I'm like, Lord, what does that mean? Because I know that that's not just a fulfillment of 
later on when we're all dead, I believe that that scripture's a fulfillment can be fulfilled in our lives today. And, and I, I don't say that just because I'm hopeful for it. I've actually personally experienced it. And then we also see it all throughout the scripture. So if you have your Bibles or if you have your phones, why don't you turn with me to Philippians 2. We're gonna, in a couple different places also, so you can also bookmark um, John 6. We're gonna get there in a little bit later and kind of tie those scriptures together. But the first one's found um, in chapter two of Philippians, verses 14 through 16. It says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. Can we all agree this generation that we're in right now, this world that we're in right now is a pretty crooked place. It's pretty corrupt. There's a lot of darkness in this land and I don't wanna highlight all the darkness necessarily because I know the Lord's also doing some really significant things all throughout the world. Sometimes we get this kind of tunnel vision of just our, our nation and he's doing some pretty incredible things all across this world and I know there's more Christians today on this earth than there ever has been, and tomorrow there will be more, and tomorrow there will be more. And so I know the Lord's doing a significant work, but sometimes in the middle of kind of a, a chaotic time like we're in right now, we, we can sometimes get like, oh man, this is such a dark place, and you know, there are a lot of dark things. But how do we shine as stars in this season of all this corrupt stuff going on around us. Um, you know, sometimes we hear these prophetic, encouraging words that people come up and they say, oh man, you're amazing. You're amazing. God loves you. Okay, God loves you. That's amazing. I love it. That's true. 100% true. But oftentimes, sometimes when they're, people are just kind of practicing what prophetic they just they feel the hearts the heart of God over people and that's good but they they say you're amazing just the way you are you're perfect just the way you are and I want to tell you that's not true <laughs> yeah, you're not. I'm not none of us are holy cow but God loves you exactly where you're at. And he receives you exactly where you are. But God loves us way too much to leave us where we're at. My goodness. Oh, if you think you're perfect, go get married and see what your wife tells you, right? <laughs> Nothing like a spouse to tell you how perfect you are <laughs> or aren't. I'm saying that I'm reminded often that I'm not terribly perfect. I sometimes make mistakes. So yes, God's, you know, you have also heard this one, you know, um, there's the finished work of Christ, so there's nothing to do in our lives, right? Like, what does that mean, the finished work of Christ? Well, yes. He died on the cross for us. He made a way for salvation. Yes, that, that's all taken care of. As long as we believe, we receive him. That's the finished work of salvation. But there's a lot more to our life than just fire insurance. God wants us 
to walk with him. So this message isn't one of those messages that you're like, cool, we're going to shine like stars and that's all there is to it. No, there are some things that the Lord says in this scripture that really defines how that actually happens. And there's two things in particular. So we're not doing this, number one, out of our own strength. Let me remind you that this isn't about a bunch of works that we need to do. This isn't striving out of our own strength because I believe that God's released a grace for us to enter into, but it is our responsibility to grab a hold of that grace and walk through the process with him. And if we don't do that, if we try to do it on our own, that's going to end up in failure. Or if we just sit on our couch expecting God to do everything, that's going to end up in failure. There's a middle ground there where we, where we partner with the Holy Spirit in this work, and the result is we shine like stars. Hmm. So the context for the scripture is, again, Philippians 2, just two scriptures before that. It says, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. Hmm. What happened to that finished work? Hmm. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill everything we want. Oh, no. Uh, to, to work and fulfill everything for our own happiness. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. I missed that again. To, to, he, he acts in order to fulfill his good pleasure. Sometimes we're a little narcissistic in our point of view, right? Everything, we, we have that scripture, like all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And this is true, and we can hold on to that. But I want to tell you that it's, this world is not about us. Yes, it is in some respect, but it ultimately is about him in and through us. It's about him getting his glory. We're not shining as stars so we can stand up on a stage and look all pretty for people. We are shining as stars so the glory of God can shine through us to other people. They can see something different. They can see something other than what they've experienced in this world. And that's what the Lord, that's his work for us to accomplish in this, in this life. So when I look at this scripture, I see two things. In the beginning of Philippians 2, 14, it says, do, starts with a do, and in the middle it says, then. So if you do this particular thing, then this thing will happen. And anytime you see a scripture like that, you should pay attention. Because these are instructions that, like, if you want to have this result, then you need to do what it says to do. And it seems kind of simple, and it seems overly simple in some respect. And I want to tell you, it is simple, yes, but it takes a lot of dying to ourselves to see it actually happen. So let's look at that scripture. Well, first of all, we hear, we hear that, that, that term fear and trembling. Sometimes people get a little confused of what that looks like. It's kind of, it's like a... Um, it's, you know, when we use that phrase, I'm sick and tired of something, 
they're not really sick of something, right? They're not, they might be a little tired. I mean, it's, they're just like, oh, I wish this wouldn't happen. It's kind of like one of those phrases. So it's, you're not supposed to be fear and trembling. It just means this awe, this awe and wonder of what we should be doing. So work out your salvation. Work this process out with an awe and wonder, which means it keeps it keeps it constantly on our minds. It's not something we just put to the side as a secondary thing. It's something that is, it should be constantly guiding us and leading us in this process of how it happens. And we have to be vigilant. We have to be vigilant in keeping our eyes on the Lord and keeping things in that proper perspective because there's a scripture found in Matthew 6, and 23. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body when your eye is healthy your whole body is filled with light but when your eye is unhealthy or when you aren't focusing if you aren't keeping the awe and wonder the purposes of god in mind this is what happens your whole body is filled with darkness and this is the this is the thing that's really kind of humbling it says and if that light you think you have is actually darkness how deep that darkness is. How many people know friends, family, just people that feel like they are walking in the lie of the Lord and yet they're completely deceived? I mean, this is the type of thing where we talked about it earlier this year where we have uh, certain pastors not just endorsing the slaughter of unborn children. They say it's actually God's work. How far can you go in your mindsets to think that you are spreading the light and you spread that message? So it's important that we constantly keep this on wonder of who God is and his purposes and it's all about him or else we will find ourselves in a state of being deceived and that light will not come in and through us. So there's two things in that scripture, that beginning that we talked about in Philippians 2 says, um, do everything without grumbling or arguing. That's the do part. And I'm like, that's pretty simple. Kinda. I mean, I've got these things down. I don't know about you. <laughs> you believe me, I know. Thank you. All right, let's look at these two words because there's a little bit more into them. Yes, grumbling and arguing is probably not a good thing, but there's a little bit more to what that actually means. The first thing, grumbling, is a murmur. A murmur. It's actually, some translations say murmur. Uh, muttering. It's a secret debate. It's a secret displeasure. It's this internal narrative that goes in inside of our, our, our minds, and it places this negative grid on our perceptions. You might not externalize this grumbling type of thing, but it's internalized. And when things are internalized, it becomes the grid of how we see things. We never have enough. Or, you know, this thing's not how I, I wish it would go. Or it's not happening in the timing I wish it would happen. And so there's this internalized thing that completely shifts our focus and our minds and it keeps um, our perspective on what we don't have instead of what we do have. 
So we become, we don't become content with what we've been given from the Lord. We don't understand the, the sufficiency of Christ and what he's given us. I told you that, that story in John 6, if you want to turn there, you can. Um, just as kind of a reference, it's, we're not going to read the whole thing. It's kind of a whole story. So just as a, a backstory to John 6, um, he, uh, Jesus fed the 5,000, which is pretty miraculous, and then he kind of sneaked out the back door while everyone was like, hey, we got to crown this guy king. And so he kind of stole himself away, and everyone's like, where'd Jesus go? And then the, at night, the disciples got in their boat and started rowing down the boat, and Jesus followed them on the water. That's the story where he was walking, and, and uh, they were rowing the boat, and Jesus walks up to them and says, what's up, guys? How you doing? And he's like, hey, come on in. So he came on in, and the scripture says, immediately they're on the other side. And so uh, the next morning, all the people who just got fed, um, miraculously, like literal food, bread, fish, um, they're like, where'd Jesus go? We're hungry. Where's breakfast? Like, I heard he went on the other side of the lake. So they all got in their boats, and they all went on the other side of the lake to, 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 to follow him because I don't know why. Well, I, I know why. I want to be around Jesus too. But um, they all wanted to gather around him, so they did. And then Jesus starts giving probably the... So if we rate like sermons, like tens, and then bombs, this was probably, and, and now I'm not saying because the content wasn't good. The content was amazing. But it went over like a ton of bricks with everybody. This sermon that Jesus gave to people as they came. He starts talking about uh, all this different stuff about the Lord sending him there and, or the Father sending him. Um, and then he says, I am the bread of life. And uh, it's interesting, in the middle of this conversation, it says in verse 41 of John 6, it says, the people began to murmur. They began to, to grumble, like, I don't understand what's going on here. And then further on, we'll talk about the next thing, the, the arguing thing, but further on in the conversation, the people again said, uh, the, the scripture says, the people began to argue. And so we see these two things in the Philippian scripture in, these, in this one story about what people did. And the result of that, we'll talk about, but there was something that happened inside of those people's hearts who began to murmur and argue. But I want to tell you, before we get there, about this grumbling thing, about this internalized thing that's constantly telling us, oh, I don't have enough, or, you know, I wish this, and placing blame, and the thing that really fights that and battles that is to live a life of thanksgiving. Sounds simple, but do we do it? When we go through difficult times, do we actually count it on all blessings? Are we really thankful to the Lord even in the difficult times to say, Lord, I, I'm not really enjoying this time, but I'm thankful because there is something you're building inside of my life. If we can get ourselves to be in a perpetual state of thanksgiving, boy, it would shift the perspective. That, that murmuring, that, that constant internalized thing that the enemy comes with us that we can agree with or we can disagree with, 
And the moment we turn to our eyes to Jesus and we say, thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for what you've given. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you that you are all sufficient. And we grab a hold of all these promises of our lives and in the scripture. Our complete perspective and attitude changes in this season. So it's important, even in these difficult times, to constantly find ourselves in a place where we're thanking the Lord. So the second thing that scripture says, don't murmur, but it also says, don't argue. Let me just read, this is kind of pretty cool. This is the definition of arguing. It says the intellectual, actually this is found in um, the meaning of the the, the Greek word, intellectual rebellion against God. The reasoning of those who think themselves to be wise. And and when reference to what um, ought to be done, it's a hesitation. Because my way is a little better. It's this perspective that, "Mm, I don't like that. I have a better idea. My ways are higher than God's ways. We may not necessarily say that, but does our actions actually prove the fact that we believe that God's ways are higher than our ways? Are we submitting to him in, in the way he wants us to do things? Or are we leading ourselves? There's a scripture in Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there's no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, he's happy. That word perish there is the word in Hebrew. And this is the definition of that. It's to become um, unbridled. It's to become lawless. And it's the same word that's used for someone who chooses to act as their own leader, to take on that responsibility. And this result, this results of the covering of protection being taken off of them, leaving them vulnerable to their own demise. I don't want to be in that position where I'm taking responsibility of my life because, boy, it never really ends very well. But if we place ourselves in the hands of the Lord, if we trust that his ways are higher, there's this thing that comes upon us that makes us, again, content. And we don't begin to argue with the Lord about what he wants to do. We submit to what the Lord wants to do. In that same story, after Jesus fed the, the, um, the 5,000 and then he started giving this message about the bread of life, this is why I said it kind of bombed a little bit because then he started to talk about um, eating my flesh and drinking my blood, all this stuff that if we were to hear someone talk about that, it would be a little frightening maybe. But it's interesting because, again, that scripture talked about murmuring. It talked about arguing. And it said at the end, it says, many of his disciples said, this is pretty hard to understand, which, yeah, it is. How can anyone accept it? And at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Hmm. 
Are we going to desert the Lord in the middle of difficult times, even when we don't understand what's going on around us, or are we going to trust him? We're going to trust his word. So don't murmur. Don't keep this internalized thing inside of us. Don't be incontent. Find the sufficiency in Christ. Allow yourself to live in a lifestyle of thanksgiving. But the other thing that battles this arguing thing is to remain humble. Humbleness, I keep hearing this from a lot of different people, is a key in this next season. And humbleness isn't one of those things that says, oh, low is, oh, is me, I'm, I'm just a nobody, I'm just going to be quiet, I'm not going to say anything. A lot of people think that's what humble looks like, but that's not what humble looks like. Humble looks like this. As I'm going out and doing this thing, it may be absolutely amazing, but I, I don't care about what it makes me feel like, or I don't care of how it makes me look. I care about what it makes God look like. It's not thinking less of ourselves, like we're lower than. It's just thinking less about ourselves. Like, we're not really part of the, well, yeah, we're partnering with the Lord, but it's, again, it's not about us, it's about Him. And if we can keep that proper perspective, it's just, those are the two things it really says that we need to grab a hold of and walk with. And it says, then you will shine. Seems kind of simple, but if we maintain thankfulness and if we maintain a humility, that's what leads us into shining in this world because this world needs people who are shining. They do not need people who are out there living their own lives trying to do their own thing. This world needs answers, and those answers come from a people who have laid down their lives for the king. There is one more thing at the end of that scripture. It says we have to hold firm to the word of truth. That word of truth there, that logos, it's the same word found in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was, has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. There's that light again. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And so, basically what this saying is, hold on to Jesus. Be thankful. Be humble and hold on to Jesus, you're going to shine. Because honestly, it's not really the light that's our own light. It's Jesus through us. Basically, we're trying to get all the filters of our life out of the way so Jesus can shine through us to other people, so he can do his work through us, and he can do his work of transformation to people and systems and places, and he can do that through us. Do we believe that today? See, Paul encountered the face of Jesus. And he was completely transformed. In fact, he became blind. And I want to I ask you, how much are we being transformed as we're walking with Jesus? Can people smell Jesus on you? Can people see Jesus on you? Can they? Is this just like, yeah, spiritually, I could see you. You have a great spirit. You have a great soul. No, there's a physical thing that happens. 
I'm like, really? Yes, because number one, it's in the scripture all over the place. Number two, I've personally experienced it as well. Here's just a couple examples of people who've shined in the scripture. Where are we doing for time-wise, by the way? Here we go. Ooh, okay. Let me wrap this up real quick. Just a few stories of people in the Bible who shine. Stephen. He was the first martyr. Uh, the, the Bible says he was full, a man full of God's grace and power. He performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. Um, they didn't like what he had to say because what he had to say really went against the religious system of that day. But it said at the end of that uh, chapter, Acts 6, says because um, at this point everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face become, became as bright as an angel's. Hmm. Well, we know Jesus, right? In the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17, 1 through 2, Jesus took a couple of his bros up there, and as the men watched Jesus, his appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun. Another example, Moses. This is the Old Testament even. Moses had an encounter with the Lord. He constantly was meeting with him, and his his physical being was transformed. His, his face shined. In fact, he put a, f a veil over his face because people were kind of afraid of what was going on. But what's interesting, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about Moses, and it says, as good as that was, how much greater do we have because our covenant's better? It says, if that was a transitory, came with glory, how much greater is the glory of that which lasts? This is found in 2 Corinthians 3. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses, who could put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. That word transformed there is the exact same word that says transfigured. So it's saying we are being transfigured. This isn't something that happens when we all die. This is something that's happening right now, and do we believe it? Do we believe there's something in us that can shine through us that people are attracted to that say, what is going on with you? And my question is today, are we allowing the light of Christ Christ to shine through us? Are we allowing ourselves to smell and look like Jesus? Because that's what the world needs. And that's our call. Our call is to shine like stars in this corrupt world. And do we believe we can do that? There were two times, maybe more, two times that I know of that I shined. One time was a few years ago, I was, I was at the Pioneer Square, and we were doing some work with different people and going around praying. There was a, a gal there who was in serious trouble, and it just so happened that someone gave me 100 bucks right before we left, and I had this in my pocket. And this gal was just desperate to find a place that night. And I pulled out the money, and I handed it to her, I said, God wants this to bless you. And she's weeping, and she looks up, and she says, you're glowing. I'm like, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> Obviously, it's not me. You know, we talked to her about Jesus and all that. It was a pretty humbling experience. And it, maybe I didn't necessarily feel all that holy in that moment, but I, I know I was on mission, and I know I was doing it out of a heart that wasn't to prop myself up. It was completely 
being Jesus to this other person. And there was a physical manifestation that happened. And the other time was just recently. It was a, um, I don't know, a couple months ago. It was downtown at uh, Portland State. And I saw this old guy kind of wandering around. And I walked up to him and said, hey, you need help? And he's like, yeah, I'm trying to find this particular bus line that goes up to OHSU. And I'm like, oh, he hadn't been down there from a long time because they changed all where all the bus lines are. I'm like, yeah, that's actually down in, I think, fifth now or fourth or whatever it is. We point in that direction. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And so he went on his way. He has a hard time walking. And I was about ready to get in my car and Holy Spirit, you know how Holy Spirit does. It's like, hey. I, uh, I put you downtown to talk to that guy. I'm like, okay. So got back out and said, hey, how about I just drive you up there? He's like, wow, that would be awesome. So he gets in and we drive and uh, it so happens that he's a veteran and he's going up to um, the veterans hospital up there. He could hardly walk and he was actually out of town from Staten, which is about an hour and a half south of us. So we're talking, and I was praying, just asking the Holy Spirit, you know, in my breath, Lord, what do you want of this? And so just kept talking to him and um, hearing his story. And, and you could just tell there was something about him that was like very grateful, but at the same time maybe a little uncomfortable with what's going on. And uh, as we drove up there, I'm, I'm just asking him what was going on. He was getting a little procedure, and then he had to go back home shortly after that. And I started thinking, boy, he's going to have to take the bus down here. And it's the bus actually, where it drops off, he still has like almost a half a mile to walk up. The, it's horrible. And so I'm like, listen, um, do you have a phone? He's like, no. So I gave him my phone number. I said, as soon as you're done with your appointment, call me. I will come pick you up and I'll take you home to Staten. He's like, what? Why would you do that? I'm like, because I want to. And as he gets out of that car, he's like, I can't understand what I'm seeing, but there's something about you. It's just shining. And so he walks out, has an appointment. I never received a phone call from him. I was actually really bummed because I wanted to talk with him again. And he didn't have a phone, no way to get a hold of him. But I want to tell you guys, I'm not saying this because I'm all that. I'm really not. I don't have it all together. There's a lot of things that the Lord's working inside of my life, but I want to tell you there's a potential inside of all of us that shines all the time to see God do a miraculous work through our hands. And I want to tell you, we've got to raise our expectations of what God's called us to do. And all of it is, is not, I, want to go, I don't want to go out and shine like a star. I want to go out, I want to do what the Lord has for me. And whatever the result of that, it's in the Word. That's what we're going to look like. That's not the goal. That's just what it looks like. The goal is always Jesus. The goal is always spreading His light and His love wherever we go. So can we believe that for that today? So there's, I think, a couple things we just need to um, respond to today about those first two things. The, the grumbling, that internalized thing that may sometimes be constantly like defining our circumstance. The thing that says, I don't have enough. And then the other thing is the arguing part that props our ideas higher than what God is. 
So I know we all fall into those traps at times in our lives, and I believe we all need to repent of those things. Repentance is a great thing. It's a grace that God gives us to step into what he has for us. This isn't this negative word that says, places all this condemnation on us. It's an invitation for the next awesome thing that God has for us. And so today we're going to repent for these things and we're going to believe as we walk this out in our life, as we walk out our, our, our salvation, as we work it out, God is working with us. It's this relationship, this, 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 co, this co-thing that the Lord wants to partner with us in our lives to make us more like him, which is what it's all about. Let's our, close our eyes. Let's like, just place our hands out like we're giving the Lord something and he's going to give it back to us. So, Lord, I thank you that you've called us to be your hands, your feet in this world. Lord, we see all the craziness that's going on around us and the world needs answers. And the answer is not us. The answer is you through us. And so, Lord, we say yes to that call. Lord, we say more of you in and through us. Lord, we say more of your glory in and through us. Lord, I pray that we become transformed, not just in our spirits and our souls, but even our physical bodies would look and reflect more like you. So today, Lord, we repent. We say, sorry, Lord. Sorry, Lord, for the murmuring that we've allowed. Lord, the part, we've partnered with this grid of negativity that, 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 that says, oh, it's not going to be enough or it's not going to be good. Lord, forgive us for listening to those lies and partnering with them. And Lord, we, today we reject that. We, we throw that down at your feet, Lord, and we pick up, Lord, the mantle of thanksgiving. Lord, we thank you. Just begin to thank him right now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. You are faithful. You are good. You are kind. Lord, may may thanksgiving constantly be on our mouths. And Lord, the other thing, Lord, we, we ask forgiveness, Lord, for arguing, for placing our mindsets above your mindsets, for thinking we know better or even just causing a hesitation in that moment of doubt of what you're saying. It might be a difficult thing that you're asking us to do, but Lord, give us the courage and strength to say yes to that. Lord, give us the humbleness, Lord. We have this exchange for arguing for humbleness, Lord. I pray that you give us this, Lord, this perspective. Lord, it's not about us. It's about you through us. Let our lives not be constantly on our minds. Let you be constantly on our minds. And lastly, Jesus, we hold on to you. We hold on to you, Jesus. Every step, every second, every moment, every day, our lives are yours. May it constantly be on our minds. Lord, let us guard. Lord, let us have an awe and wonder, a fear and trembling, which is this awe. Let it constantly be something, Lord, we are focusing on you. So, Lord, I thank you for this exchange that you have for us today, and I thank you, Lord, for the result of this, of the lifestyle of walking this out, Lord. You're going to use us to be your, sh- your shining stars in this dark world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.